0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Dr. Carla Fowler is an elite executive coach with an MD PhD who combines the latest research from performance science with timeless best practices to help top performers level up and achieve their goals. She's joining me on the line today to discuss the science behind high performers. Thanks, Christine. Um, so, uh, as you said,
1: uh, at this point in my career, I ran an elite executive coaching firm. And, um, you know, I came into that. Uh, I think driven by two things. Uh, one was I have always been passionate about high performance. Like even when I was a kid, I just loved the feeling of trying something new, trying to figure out how to be good at it. And, you know, this crosses this crosses into business, but also crosses into life. Um, I, you know, if you're making scrambled eggs and you're like, these didn't turn out very well. <laughs> like, how can I make them better? Mm. You know, um, this is just something that's always going in the back of my head. I think it's so it feels so satisfying and empowering to watch yourself get better at something. And I think I came into coaching because I think we all want to do the things we do well. And it feels so good. And lots of stuff can get in the way of that or we can talk ourselves out of it. But
0: I like to coach because I like to share that joy with other people. Amazing. I love that so much. I think let's start with what people get wrong about the concept of high performance or about high performers, their perception of what that means?
1: It's a great question. And you're probably familiar with the fact that, you know, we have media, we have social media. And so we often see the stories of high performers, but we don't really get to see like, what did the day-to-day look like? Or, you know, what were the years that preceded the years, say, when a company hit its hockey stick and went really big? Um, So I think one of the most important things that I love to talk about is in this regard is that um, the process of like small gains compounding over time is very powerful. And I think most really big things or like people who are performing at a high level are using some form of that. And the nice thing is that that is actually something that is a habit that everyone can do. Um, it's not related to talent or some kind of sort of natural, like you were born with it or you weren't. Um, it's really about how do you sort of do um, something, improve something small and do it consistently over time, like, like how we use compounding in uh, finance. Um, but I think that's a really important thing. We often think we have to do like a massive effort. And actually, it's very powerful to do something small, but consistently.
0: Hmm. I think uh, first point is that we only ever see other people's highlight reels. We don't see all of the background of what they're going through, all the problems they've had to face, the obstacles they've had to overcome. Um, so that's one thing which I think has been exacerbated a lot, like you mentioned, by the digital world and the fact that we now have these ready to go galleries of our achievements it out there for the world to see and not really a lot of depth behind that necessarily. So that's one thing. And I love the idea of essentially becoming a high performer is not a matter of innate talent or some sort of, you know, a deity given gift or what have you. But it is more about that small investment and commitment that, like you said, has that compound interest effect. I think that's really interesting. So. I think that leads us into why do people think they need to do big in order to achieve big? Why do they not have that knowledge that small actions can also lead to that um, compounding effect?
1: I think it is because it's actually really hard for our brains to think about like exponential growth Mm. or to like think on a curve. Right. Like because in some ways we're really good at linear thinking. So thinking incrementally from today to tomorrow, if I just sort of extend the line in a straight line upward, what would it look like? And um, it's much more challenging to understand uh, the way often um, human potential and growth happens because it often has a curve to it. It's not a straight line and it even has like plateaus in it. So for example, you might be learning a new skill. Um, maybe you're practicing a new sport and you um, you know, you, uh, let's say it's bowling. (laughs) I don't know. You're practicing bowling and like, you might have some early gains just right off the bat. You take some lessons and get some early gains. And then often we hit a plateau where we're continuing to work on the technique. We're continuing to do it. And, but we don't really feel like we're making progress. Maybe we even have good measurement, right? Like, and you can count how many pins you get down, but Really, you feel like you're not making progress. But the truth is, our brains are changing and you're getting, um, you're forming new neurons and new muscle memory. And what happens is sometimes surprising that if we stick with it and we keep deliberately working on things, suddenly you start to go up again. But it's not predictable and it's hard for our brains to think ahead of time and really like uh, trust that that's going to happen. So I think that's one of the reasons when we think about. Oh, I, if I put in massive effort over a short period of time, that must be how I get there is because that's a little more linear versus saying, well, what if I take that compounding curve that looks really, really flat for a long time until it doesn't.
0: Yeah. I love that. So. I love that you mentioned this plateau. I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to, like you said, whenever they're picking up new skills, but also, you know, even let's say if you're running a business as well, maybe you've just sort of hit this level of you're only earning X like x percentage of of, uh, revenue and you start to feel, okay, I don't know what I should do next. Should I expand? Should I hire more people? Should I vary my product uh, line? You know, and then you're not sure how to navigate that. And I think that's sort of the point at which Either you, like you said, invest more time into it, or I think more often the case than not is where that drops off or becomes the level at which you stay or even kind of go back down from, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you push past that plateau moment? How do you push past that feeling of, I don't know if this is as good as it's going to get? I love what you just brought up
1: because one of, the secrets I think also um, that's really tricky and very counterintuitive is that sometimes we hit a plateau and we actually need to, it's sort of a local maxima, mm. let's just say. We've gone as far as we can go with maybe the way we've set up our business or um, the way it's modeled or what the product is right now or what customer base we've matched it with. Um, and so you sort of hit the peak of what you can do right now. And then sometimes to go forward, you actually have to come down off that sort of local peak. You got to go back into a valley and rebuild to reach something higher. And it's so hard to do, right? The idea of feeling like you're going backwards. But um, this rebuilding phase is something that I love to emphasize. Because again, I think sometimes we look at high performing people and we think, well, they just must go up and they just keep going up. Uh, It never goes down or backwards. And the truth is we often have to recreate, rebuild, rethink, because we've learned everything we're going to learn at that, you know, to that point. And so that's just a perspective that I think can be really helpful for pushing through that plateau is sometimes saying, maybe I need to think about this in a different way. Mm -hmm. It's not just working harder, pushing harder at this format, structure or model, what would happen if I was willing to let go of a piece of it and do it differently? What might be possible then?
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, on a very personal note, I like singing as a hobby. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I can relate to in terms of sometimes, you know, you you push really hard to get a certain note. So you want to uh, increase your range. You want to be able to learn a certain technique, let's say. And It can be difficult to get there because you're like, oh, like my voice doesn't go that high or, you know, I don't have enough, uh, you know, breath control to do that. But then you're like, okay, maybe you go back, you look at some different warm ups you could do. Maybe you look at the way that your mouth shape is, is working. Does that vowel work for you or not? Like these really small, like foundational things that the moment you change them slightly affect the rest of the performance, right? Such a good example. I love that.
1: And it and clearly singing is something where deliberate practice is such a key piece of,
0: of doing that in music in general. Mm, yeah, I love that. So apart from, you know, that sort of uh, I think the first two not quite mistakes, but maybe missteps that people make when it comes to looking at uh, high performing, the first of which is to not think about it uh in that compound interest way. And the second thing I think is to forget that in order to go up, they kind of can go back down again and look at their foundation. And we think that, what is another thing that maybe people could take a second look at or adjust to to have more chances at creating high performance for themselves? So I think another really
1: important thing, and again, this is something all of us struggle with. It's very human. Um, can be this desire to want to know before you go. Mm-hmm. So this idea of like, you want to have it all figured out before you take a risk or before you um, do something new, whether that's start a business or take your business in a new direction or even in life, right? Like uh, maybe it's taking up a new hobby or saying, hey, I want to get healthier. So I'm going to start exercising in a new way, right? Um, but we often really want to have certainty before we have the confidence to put time into something. And so the thing that I recommend to my clients, and also that I think high performing people have a little more comfort with is this idea of relishing uncertainty. So almost not just tolerating it, but actually saying, you know, if there's some uncertainty, if I don't have it figured all the way out, it actually makes it a little more interesting. And often that's where there's opportunities. To really discover something new, to potentially uh, build a business that is very profitable, um, but it is because of that uncertainty that means it's not a crowded market space, right? In the in the markets that are really well defined, um, it might be easier to start a business from a mental standpoint because you know there are customers, but it's also going to be crowded. You're going to have to compete, and um, and also you may you know it may jam prices down and profitability down. So. Um, I love this idea of thinking about how can you relish uncertainty? Mm-hmm. And I definitely have tips for how to do that.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. I would love I would love to hear the, that as well. And uh, I like that idea of uncertainty becoming opportunity instead of crisis. Like that mindset shift is really important, I think. It is, however, time for us to take a short break for some messages. But after that, I will continue my conversation with Dr. Carla Fowler about the science behind high performers. Do stay tuned to raise your game on BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9 to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong and on the line with me today is Dr. Carla Fowler. She's an elite executive coach with an MD-PhD and she's passionate about performance science and high performers. and today we're talking about how those two relate. Before the break we discuss a few of the misconceptions about high performance and what are some of the missteps people make in their journey towards becoming high performers as well. And now you know I would love to continue what we were talking about which is this idea of turning uncertainty from crisis into opportunity. Uh, tell me, you, you mentioned you had some tools uh, to help people get that mindset shift done.
1: Absolutely. And because we have uncertainty, we encounter it every day in our lives. And so it's actually a really wonderful mental practice, um, whether you're starting a business or running a business, but also just in life, right? We don't know what tomorrow holds. So um, one of the big things that I re- recommend. This goes back to my background in science and thinking like a scientist is I love to encourage people to think about life and their work as a series of experiments. And the thing that's great about this is in science, we never like make people wrong for not knowing the answer. Like the whole point of science is to discover things that we don't know already. And you run lots of experiments uh, in science that don't work the way you thought. Um, some of them, ultimately, uh, there are a number of like Nobel Prize winners who, when you look at the, the seed of their big discovery, it was a total mistake. Like, it was an accident. Uh, and so I love this idea because it takes us out of the space of feeling like we're wrong. We should know the answer already. Um, we're never going to be successful if we don't know it or if there's uncertainty. And it kind of puts us in more of a creative and exploring mindset. So um, now the thing about running experiments that is useful is to sort of say, okay, well, what's, you know, what's the result I want? Mm -hmm. What is it I'm sort of going for? I think that's a really first important thing you have to. uh, You know, my Ph.D. advisor, when I would come in and tell him that I wanted to run an experiment, he often would say, well, why, Carla, do you want to do that? Not rhetorically, but just he wanted to really understand how I was thinking about it. What was the goal of the learning and why was learning that thing valuable? Because there's lots of things we could learn, but not all of them are really useful or valuable to us. So I think it's really important to say, well, what do you hope to learn? And also um, then to potentially you go do some homework to think like, well, what might be a small intervention or an action I could take that might um, help me learn that thing or help might help me make progress on that? And this kind of goes back to that idea of compounding that we were talking about earlier to say, What if I don't need to do it all at once, but I kind of want to try something that will help me make some progress if I do it consistently over time. Mm. And so you sort of pick your intervention, and then it's a good idea to figure out how you think you'll know if you're successful. So like, what would progress look like? And also, when should you be measuring, right? Um, So if you started a new fitness routine, and you kind of wanted to see how it was going, um, you know, testing yourself the next day might not be the appropriate time. You need to give yourself some time. So those are just some tips I have about in science, how we think about running a good experiment, but we can also totally apply it to life, to work. Um, And I think it opens up a lot of creativity and freedom for us.
0: There's so much stuff in there that I want to, ironically for a chat about science, I guess, dissect. Um, (laughs) That's perfect. so, So I think first of all, The thing that jumps out of me is when to measure. I think that's something that is so uh, crucial because much like, you know, experiments in science, when you measure depends on the nature of the experiment, what you're trying to achieve. Like, and that is something I think, especially for, you know, entrepreneurs, right? It can be really easy. Um, I mean, uh, they say that uh, comparison is the thief of joy, right? So looking at the way that other businesses work or looking at even the people within your industry, how they're working and holding yourself to this expectation of, oh, like, uh, I'm not making a profit by, you know, a month in and this other person made a profit a month in. But it's like to take yourself away from that and go, no, 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 I'm not measuring based on what other people are doing, because that would that's not how science experiments work in the first place. You are looking at your own progress, your own, uh, performance, taking a look at, okay, maybe this month it's not looking so good, but that could be an anomaly. That could be, um, you know, uh, what's the term for it? The, uh, offshoot on the chart. Oh, out, the outlier. outlier. Thank Fair you. <laughs> yeah, that could be the outlier, right? Like maybe, all right, yeah. this might not work this month. I will take another look next month. I will, like, give myself patience and time and grace in order to allow myself that little period of time. I love that, first of all. And I also like the idea of the science experiment uh, kind of analogy because um, sometimes things don't work out the way that you expect them to, but you can learn something else from that, right? Just because you have a certain hypothesis doesn't mean that if you don't, if the experiment doesn't work out exactly how your hypothesis predicted, it doesn't mean that it was a failed experiment. It just means you learned something different. Mm -hmm.
1: That is such a great insight. And and this is something that's wonderful about, about science. Again, when you get away from right answer, wrong answer, and you get into learning, um, which I just think is so powerful. And um, you were also bringing up uh, just this, this idea of um, really sort of saying, okay, do I want to compare myself to other people or do I want to play my own game? Mm. This is actually something I think about so much for myself. Um, There are a lot of analogies, both in business and life. Um, One time I ran an ultra marathon, it was 30 miles long. And I remember thinking, okay, I have to run my own game. You know, everyone takes off the line really fast. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I know what pace I'm pretty sure I can finish. (laughs) I was like, I want to finish. I don't want to get stuck in the woods, you know, 10 miles out. (laughs) And it was really important to me. And so I started at my pace, but it was really hard to watch everybody sort of take off. Um, Ultimately, I actually passed a number of people later, um, but I just felt good. I felt confident I was running my own race. Uh, But a different example is in business. um, When you just think about what are you building and what's the pace that's the right pace to build the right pace to build what you want to build Um, sometimes as you pointed out, someone might have a really great business month in the first month after they started, but sometimes they did that by sacrificing some other things. Like maybe they agreed to do some work that wasn't really in line with what they want their brand to be or what they want their focus to be, but they just took whatever customers and did whatever they wanted them to do. Um, and so they made money, but they actually took themselves off brand in the process. So you never really know necessarily what's going on, what game they're playing, but what you do know is the game you're playing and really sticking to that and saying, I need to compare against my
0: own goal and what I want that to be. Mm, I love that. And I think the final thing I would love to touch on is this idea of going back to that uncertainty as an opportunity as well. Also being comfortable with the idea of, OK, even if you are achieving success at the moment, to be prepared for what might come in the future, to have that ability to adapt according i mean again this is one of those things that really got hit real hard into all of our heads because of the pandemic um Absolutely. this feeling of things are working well for now but we also have to be aware that there might be changes in the future of maybe the industry is going to go a different way maybe mm-hmm. this business model isn't sustainable for the long term mm-hmm. you know uh even uh, on a on a personal level uh, maybe the career path that you're currently on is fine for now but what else do you want to do in the future what is your overall goal what is the thing that you want to work towards uh, you know uh, maybe there's something else that you've wanted to do and you want to you know take a different path like thinking about all that stuff and being pre- like prepared for that not in the kind of um, doomsday bunker way but more just being open to the idea of more change yeah You know, it's so true, everything
1: you said. And I agree that you don't want to be uh, continually perseverating in a way that like burns your emotional and mental energy, but doesn't really do anything productive for you. I also know that a different tactic is sometimes people will say, well, I'm going to just prepare for every contingency. And so they do spend a lot of time researching, thinking, planning out every path, Um, you know, a friend told me something that I just I thought was so beautiful. And he said, you know, sometimes you have to just give your future self some credit. Trust your future self, that at that moment, you will know many of the things you need to cope with whatever is happening. But you can't know those things right now. And also that thing is not happening right now. Uh, And it was this idea of This is not to say you should not prepare and it's not to say you shouldn't learn, but I think uh, you shouldn't go all the way to over-preparation nor just worrying with no preparation. And so I think the the biggest thing that I recommend is just to create some space for yourself to think and, and reflect and not do. And part of that is just to ask yourself the big questions of what do I want? Do I still want what I wanted before? Uh, What's really most important to that? And maybe that's changed since the last time I created the priorities or the path that I was on. Um, You can also ask yourself questions like, "Hmm, is there something I should start exploring now? Like that you don't, it doesn't have to be, if not this, then we're switching to this. It can be, what would be worth learning about at this moment, given what I know or what might be shifting? And, um, what are the people or the resources I might use to do that? And I find that creating that space is a, is a really healthy kind of non-perseverating way to, um, acknowledge that we should do some preparation for the future, but to also, um, be able to trust and give, give our future self, uh, a nice pathway, um, such that when stuff happens, we will figure it out and, and find a way.
0: So. I mean, that's such a beautiful sentiment of just saying, uh, you know, give your future self credit. It's it's funny, right? Uh, I think there's a certain level in a way of uh, almost taking advantage of like confirmation bias here where it's like, well, I've gotten this far. So surely, you know, the me in the future, exactly. like, it'll, like, they'll work it out. You know, like, it, it, you know, I. I love that. I don't know. I love that so much. I don't have much else to add to that. I just think that's fantastic. Um, uh, actually, I think on that note, that does bring us, unfortunately, to the end of our conversation. But thank you so much, Carla, for you know shedding some light on the science behind high performance. You're very welcome, Christine. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. You've been tuned in to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. I've been speaking to Dr. Carla Feld. And we've been talking about the science behind high performance, high performers today. If you've missed any of today's show, of course, we've got our app. It's on the Apple App Store and Google Play where you can find this podcast and more. And also all of these wonderful podcasts are also on our websites, bfm.my. You can catch up there as well. This is BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app,